Welcome, welcome to Fandom Fest, or I'm sorry, Christmas Fest. Wow, I haven't led a podcast in a really long time. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, we're back with Christmas Fest, me and Al, uh, dissecting some interesting Christmas movies. This is our first episode. Um, so I'll just jump right into it. We watched this movie called Three Days. It's a 20-year-old movie. Uh, actually, no, it turned 21 this year. Uh, yeah. Um, it can drink. It can drink now, <laughs> which you might need to to get and through. Boy, the- it should. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this is such an interesting segment for me because I'm rewatching movies I haven't watched in like, you know, years. And like, you know, the more you grow as a person, you know, it's like things don't age quite as well. And like, I don't know, I definitely experienced that with a couple of movies we watched last year. Definitely experienced it with this one. Um, Al, do you want to give like a synopsis of this film? Sure, I would be happy to. Um, <laughs> so yeah, y'all, we have started um, year two um, of Handum Christmas, like strong with this one. <laughs> um, which like all but for the grace of God, because we were going to start off with um, something totally d- different instead. Yes, um, yeah. And then um, any you called the audible. And we're just like, actually, scrap that. Uh, just watch three days. And and boy, yeah. did I not know at the time <laughs> what kind of adventure that would be. So, um, so yeah, so three days um, is a movie about this guy who is really devoted to his career. I know we're changing things up from the usual Christmas <laughs> film formula. It's the guy this time who's obsessed with his career. Um so it's about this guy who's obsessed with his career. He's a literary agent, which is kind of a unique job that you think would play way more into the movie than it does. Yeah. Because um, after, like, the opening scene, that that does not come up again. Not really. Um, but he's a literary agent, which is uh, uh, really interesting. And he's been married to, like, his high school sweetheart for, like, years and years and years. Uh, they've been together forever. And they live in a fast-paced, um, wild, wild uh, city of Boston, Massachusetts. And um, this guy, uh, much to his chagrin, um, essentially watches his wife die, uh, gets taken out by a car speeding down the road, which, everyone, we're going to come back to that car Way yeah. more than you probably think we would. Um, so just so buckled up for that. Um, uh, and so he watches um, his wife die, unfortunately. It's very sad. Um, and he's greeted by none other than well-known heavenly angel, Tim Meadows. Yeah. <laughs> and Tim Meadows shows up and is just like, hey, man, we're going to bring your wife back to life for three days because that's kind of our theme and <laughs> she's going to come back you're going to have the last three days back with her you're going to know what happens she's not going to know what happens and we'll see what you can do it's like it is interesting that like there's no like real clear reward at the beginning of this whole situation it's just kind of oh. like hi everybody i'm tim meadows and i'm going to give you your dead wife back for three days and then we'll just kind of see what happens that is really <laughs> ominous the entire time. Like, just, it really is. Just, like, he, I don't he know. Wants, he wants this guy. He, uh, the main character here, his name is Andrew. He wants Andrew to know, hey, your wife is still going to die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will take her up to heaven myself if I have to. Like, so you will only like, have three days. Hope you're having fun, buddy. I'm still going to kill your wife. Like, this- I'm still going to kill her. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> so, um, so that's what it is, and he has three days to do whatever the mysterious machination in, in Tim Meadows' head is <laughs> um, to hopefully win back time with his wife, and he learns, like, the true eating of Christmas and how it's bad to not be faithful in your marriage and things like that. Um, Take so people that's for granted and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a rough rundown of what it is. Now, here's the thing with this synopsis, Jenny, uh, that I want you to know. So when um, you hit me up with a list of films, I was just like, okay, um, I'm I'm pretty sure I haven't seen Three Days. Um, I'll go and find this. 
and I found it on Amazon Prime. It is free to stream for everybody out there who wants to watch along with us. Yeah. It also uh, stars Kristen Davis, by the way, who in the 90s was super big. So, Yeah, she. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know Kristen Davis, she starred in um, s- 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 uh, Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. Um, which like, I really wish I had some kind of like wild theory to try to, to connect those two things, but I've never <laughs> seen an episode of sex in the city. So right. I have no idea, but, um, there's that fact for you, everybody. Um, <laughs> but, uh, when I looked at this movie, I read the, the tiny blurb they have on Amazon prime video about what it's about. And I had a moment where I was just like, Oh, wait, actually, I think I have seen this. Oh. And so I sit down and I start it and I see Kristen Davis and eventually I see Tim Meadows. And I'm just like, <laughs> I have not seen this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, what the what the thing is, is there are like 37 other movies with this exact same plot. That's and true. I saw one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, it's definitely, I think, a common Christmas trope um, for sure. So... Yes. Well, tis the uh, season. What? So, well, tis the season. Yes, tis the season. Uh, but, you know, not many of them have Tim Meadows in it. Uh, in fact, this might be the only one. So. I think this is the only one. It's great. Yeah. I, oh, man. He both, <laughs> he both made and ruined this movie for me. <laughs> I think that's very accurate. Um so I uh, want us to go over like our first thoughts, uh, you know, watching the movie. Uh, like, what was your like maybe like uh, you know halfway through the movie? What what were what were you thinking? What was what was on your mind? Oh boy, halfway through. Okay, so um, so I got the feeling that like I kind of knew where the movie was heading um, about halfway through. I was just kind of like, okay, he's going to like have these really cool things with his wife. He's going to have these cool experiences and stuff. And he'll like um, realize that like he was an idiot and he didn't appreciate her and stuff like that. I was just like, okay, I understand. I get get where this is headed and stuff. Um, And I mark the halfway point in the movie at the part where, spoilers everybody, we're getting into details. <laughs> um, I mark the halfway point right when the igloo of snow falls <laughs> on the little girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my halfway point. Because that movie completely changes for me uh, with that scene. <laughs> yeah, because that's fair. For a few reasons, okay? And it's... <laughs> It's only partially the reason you think, Jenny. <laughs> so, so, so the obvious reason is that, like, for anyone who hasn't watched this, um, on the two of them, um, Andrew and Beth, uh, they're, like, having um, a moment of fun in the snow when they're being all romantic and stuff like that. There's these kids a few yards off who are playing on, like, this makeshift igloo that they had made. And there's a little girl on the inside of the igloo. And suddenly the snow and ice like falls in and kind of collapses in on her. And Beth and Andrew run and like they pull her out of the igloo and like they're trying to like um, to save her life, right? And the little girl finally comes to and she says, I saw the angels and the angels said that they're waiting. They're waiting for you, she says to Beth, which is a horrifying statement. <laughs> like that is pretty awful for all parties involved beth was like not as affected by that statement as she should have been no um in the following scene because the scene right after that is they're just like they're just like eating a caesar salad at dinner (laughs) and beth is just like i wonder what that meant that was kind of spooky anyway (laughs) but like but not to be outdone but like the effect that that probably had on that Little girl, like that little girl is like not going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, sure, she almost died, which, like, I think that was kind of oversewed because I'm not really sure what actually would have killed her in that situation. Well, and then they gave her CPR. I was confused by the whole thing. (laughs) I was like, what are you? (laughs) Um, But, like, 
like she's not gonna she's gonna grow up as somebody who almost died saw angels who then told her to be a harbinger of death to this woman she's never seen before <laughs> like that little girl is not gonna be okay no no uh, it's rough. It's like when you hear about like ch- child survivors of cults and stuff, and you're just like, oh, I, I guess, I guess they're gonna go on to have a great life. Sure. Uh, <laughs> well, say- in my head, I know we've talked about this before in past Christmas uh, podcasts, but you know, I'm obviously thinking she saw biblically correct angels in her visions. Yes. So yeah. that makes it even worse. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> she she ascended. She saw this, like, basically a pine tree with, like, the legs of a lion and 82,000 eyes. And it was just like, tell that woman I'm waiting for her. Zap. <laughs> and then she came back and was just like, oh, I guess I'm, I'm going to go to, like, <laughs> geology class at school. <laughs> just live my life as if that didn't happen. But the thing that kills me about that scene, though, is um a couple of things. First is Andrew looks up and around while this girl is like on the verge of dying and he sees Tim Meadows <laughs> sitting on a nearby bench just watching this unfold and it's supposed to be a somber like you see Andrew death comes for us all and, and, and it's the true equalizer. But like it goes but the camera keeps panning to a stone cold dead face on Tim's <laughs> yeah. nose. Completely no emotion. Like just <laughs> And it doesn't work. Every time I see Tim Meadows in this movie, I was expecting him to tell me about some kind of new drug that I that I don't want any part of in my life. And then he goes on to tell me about how great that drug is. Because that's the only thing I think of with Tim Meadows. <laughs> But um, the other thing that gets me about this film is that, um, like, I feel like this kind of scene happens in, like, a lot of these Christmas films. Mm-hmm. Where, like, things are kind of progressing and they're kind of progressing the way that, like, you kind of assume they would. You're just kind of like, okay, yes, hey, what's going on? Like, they're in this, like, small town again and, like, it's Christmas and they're, like, they're falling in love with each other. Okay, I get it. And then it's just like child death, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> why did this need to be in the movie? <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, and like, and to that point, I'm not sure why this scene was in the movie. To be honest with you, like, I don't really think it added anything other than Andrew, who already knew angels existed, <laughs> is now faced with the existence of angels again. So I don't really get that part of it, but. I will say that that's not the first time that this movie surprised me and and it wasn't destined to be the last because this movie with a pretty like simplistic plot, as far as Christmas plots go, mm-hmm. like it throw it throws some curveballs at you. I don't know. It was kind of, it was kind of odd. Never a big enough one to make me go, Oh, Whoa, this is like a finely woven story. But like enough to just kind of be like, oh, okay, I'm I'm still not checking my phone as I watch this. I'm I'm ready for what's coming next. Like, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. As like as like the expert on like Amo Christmas films, how did how did you feel about revisiting this one? And yeah, yeah, what'd you think? Well- <laughs> how to treat you? So, like, the first thing that stuck out to me um, was I just, I, you know, I was brought back to, I think this is why me and my mom like this movie so much is because Kristen Stewart's character is just, like, a genuinely good-hearted person, right? And so, like, you kind of enjoy watching her. Like, I know the first scene is, like, um, Santa, the Salvation Army Santa is just, he's having a rough time sounding happy at all and you know not getting any money and like she goes over there and she's like cute with like a little bell and like you know it starts working or whatever and that's just like a really enduring you know scene mm-hmm. I felt like and like she's kind of just like that all throughout the movie right but then yeah. like 
you you kind of when you meet her husband you're just like how did this happen like how did she get with him and it's just like I don't know and so I think when I when when me and mom would watch this every year we never said it but I think we kind of hoped that like Andrew would just like die and like Lulu and her would just like run off into the sunset that kind of thing I mean you know what I mean though like he's just kind of the worst and um and uh but yes the the kid falling um or getting collapsed on by the igloo that's always a very like weird scene to me too and tim meadows is just kind of creepy all throughout this movie um really is yeah it's just like and you know and i was watching it yesterday and jacob was here and i i remember it reminded me of how we talked about how closely related horror film and christmas movies are and i was like i mean this could honestly pass as a horror film you just add a little more darker like you know, tent to the movie and some like scarier music, and uh, it'd be fine. Like, <laughs> it's true, it's true. It toes the line, and like, again, it's really impressive that like this Christmas film toes the line between holiday and horror, like, <laughs> solely from the presence of Tim Meadows, who's <laughs> <laughs> not a very scary person, but like, there's such a there's such like, like. He's so off-putting in this movie. Like, there's like no emotion. There's no. There's there's no emotion. Like, there's no point in the film where, like, when his character is on screen, that you ever see all of him. Does that make sense? (laughs) Like, does that make sense? Like, like every time he's on screen, you like only see him from like the waist up. Or like, or like a side eye, or like yeah, or just like his face in like a window, or like when Andrew like turns and he's just there. Like yeah. it makes you wonder if like if like is the bottom half of him like just a biblically accurate angel? Or is it just like eyes and tentacles down there? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, don't like, know. I don't. I don't know. Like half man, half porcupine. I don't know. <laughs> the body of a meerkat. <laughs> The face of Tim Meadows. <laughs> the face of Tim Meadows. Oh man. I know it's wild. Um um shoot, there was so, oh yeah. You talked about like how how weird of a match it is um between Beth and Andrew. Mm-hmm. And like that's very true. However, I did not get there like as fast as you probably did. So this was my first time watching this. And like um and like you're entirely I'm entirely right. Like uh and you get Kristen Davis's character and she's going around and she's just like, Oh ho ho, this is how you be jolly at Christmas. Yeah. And just like, oh, it's Kristen Davis, how sweet. Um <laughs> and then um and then Andrew's character is introduced and he's like a more like stereotypical like character in a Christmas film, which like I don't know if it had like been as much of a stereotype at that point in 2001 but like he's just like he's really devoted to his work and but like for a while you don't really see him do anything that's like bad like he's like neglectful a bit and like very like just focused on his job and stuff but like for me i was just kind of like okay well like as far as as characters in Christmas films go, this guy is like the worst I've seen. And I think when they were in the writer's room, they had a similar thought Mm -hmm. up to that point, because then suddenly they were just like, okay, now this guy isn't like selling it yet. So we're going to have him cheat on his wife. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Where did this come from? It is kind of a leap. That's fair. But <laughs> but even wild. without that, I feel like he's just very stoic and cold in comparison to her character. Mm-hmm. And I not necessarily anything bad. It's just like why though? Like I guess right. I don't know. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. It's very much a case of like opposites um, attract and stuff and yeah. so like that. It feels. I'll tell you what, throughout the film, I definitely could see and buy into the idea 
that this was a relationship that started up when they were in high school and they just kind of like almost felt like that like they stayed with each other out of almost like a sense of spite or like obligation yeah <laughs> i'm just like well we've been fair. together since we were teenagers we don't really like know how to be with anyone else i guess mm-hmm. we'll like just kind of continue to be together well yeah. like, that was definitely the vibe i got from that so like on that part they did a really good job of being able to sell that kind of relationship well and when they went back to their hometown even like everybody in town was like yay oh my god it's uh what's her name uh i can't remember her name well, anyway, it's Kristen Davis, and they're like, oh, and, and Andrew. That's basically what they were like the entire time. It's Kristen Davis. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim Meadows. Hold on. Um, Beth. Beth yeah. But, um, yeah, and that whole thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. That whole thing <laughs> was just like, if I were, I kept trying to put myself in, like, this situation as insane as it is i kept trying to do that uh, to build investment in the story and i try to think if like this was happening to me and i somehow knew that Alyssa was going to die in three days and i could not tell her and i would just kind of be like okay sweetie we can do whatever you want to do for the next three days and if she looked me in the eye and said i want to go back to your or my hometown for three days <laughs> I would put a stop to it. I'd just be like, is there anything else you want to do? You're like, I wasn't expecting you to say that. So. <laughs> that was the moment that I felt most connected to Andrew in this movie. <laughs> but I was just kind of like, oh boy, is there anything else you want to do? <laughs> oh uh, so that part I got. But um, yeah, this, um, yeah, this movie's wild. Um, well, the next question I have on here, um, I don't know if we even, there wasn't, so it's favorite side character, but really there wasn't a whole lot of side characters. I feel like Tim Meadows was it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, Tim Meadows was pretty or much it, Blue, I guess. <laughs> um, I do want to shout out that, uh, Andrew's dad, mm. um, who was a very frustrating character for me in this film, Same. but, um, but I will say that that actor is the um, is the voice actor for two well-known professors in cartoons. Really? Did you know about this? No, do tell. Um, so that actor, that um, character, his dad, um, is played by um, Cedric Smith. Okay. And, um, I know Jacob's in the room uh, right now that you're recording, and he probably knows this. But um, Cedric Smith is one of the voice actors of the classic... Um, Charles Xavier uh, oh, character. Next wow. Man made a series. Yeah. Yeah, That's which is cool. yeah, which is cool. Um he also plays um a character named Professor Link in the cartoon Totally Spies. <laughs> nice. Oh my god, I was all about that show growing up. Holy crap. That's amazing. <laughs> so, that's so yeah, so two of the best known professor characters in fiction is <laughs> voiced by Andrew's dad in this movie. So I thought that was cool. That's awesome. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, his character, um, yeah, I'll talk about his dad because I'm with you. Otherwise, there isn't really anybody else in this uh, movie to talk that much about. Um, other than Tim Meadows, who I could talk about all day, (laughs) but, um, yeah, his dad was really frustrating to me because it was another example of when I was watching it and like, they brought up the whole, like, oh, well, your dad's in town here and he'd, he'd love to see you if you're around. Like that to me was another case of just being like, I don't know why this needs to be in the movie. Like, yeah. like I would way rather, I think this movie would be way better if it was just a story about this guy who's neglected his wife, like trying to find ways to win her back and realize how much like he loves her. Yeah. I think that would have been a much more intriguing film if it was just that and not like try and like, honestly fail pretty bad at trying to like have like a weird like redemption arc um between him and his father 
Yes, agree. Because like because the issue I had with Andrew once we got to the cheating scene was that like um he was straight up like about to go for it. Mm-hmm. And then he finds like a note in his things from his wife and they're just like, oh, uh, hey, I miss you. Wish you were here and stuff. And it was very cute and very sweet. And then he has a moment of just like, I can't do this horrible thing. What am I thinking? I've been I've I've been a fool the last half hour. And then he goes <laughs> and calls things off. And like, my issue with that is that like if you get yourself to the point where like you need like some random like drawing in your things to like remind you, hey, you should not cheat on your wife. Right. And like you pretty much have already done it. Yes. Like, <laughs> like you pretty much have already like shattered that like trust already. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like yep. if you're already there, then like there is no like big, oh, I can't believe this saved me from a horrible mistake. Um, but. But, um, and then with his dad, his dad has, like, this, like, speech he gives where, like, he's very, like, remorseful for what happened and things like that. And, like, I did believe that, like, he was remorseful for what happened. I did not believe everything else he said. Mm-hmm. Where he was just kind of like, you know, I ran out of time and I never had the chance to tell your mom how much I left her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, well, I mean, he did. She was alive for a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and then he was just like, you know, I never had the chance to stop and I realized that she was the only one for me. And I was just like, oh, well, I mean, you did. Uh, yeah, yep, <laughs> that entire time. Yes. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then by the end of it is treated by Andrew as just like, wow, I guess my dad really was a good guy. She's like, what? no. <laughs> I, I, yes, I felt the exact same way. I'm like, I wonder if I enjoyed certain movies more before, like, I experienced therapy. Like, I wonder if that was a thing. Like, you know, because, like, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm just really big on, you know, um, apologies need to come with changed behavior, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that he's, like, on his deathbed or whatever, but still, like, I don't know. It, I, I had the same, like thoughts with his dad it was like i was like i couldn't care less about this character like could not i uh <laughs> i was over it i was like mm. and then he went back before he went back to boston which i didn't understand i was like which was that's a speech i guess you're talking about but i was like yeah it's pointless it was a pointless he's a pointless character in my opinion pointless why yeah like yeah you don't know how, how much longer you have with him but like you have pretty good reason to believe you have longer with him than you do with your wife. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, at no point has Tim Meadows shown up and just been like, I'm taking your dad with me, too. Like, <laughs> I know, yes. <laughs> oh, man, but imagine he had. That would have been crazy. <laughs> Like, just he's, and he's like yeah you must pick one like your dad or your wife <laughs> just Tim Meadows just being like actually Andrew I lied to you I'm actually a demon sent to torment you until you die <laughs> that would have been pretty good but yeah. um yeah that's like when I think of like side characters um I think of Andrew's dad and, like, Andrew's dad just does not have a satisfying character journey in this yeah. movie for me. Like, it's, like, it's great. It's it's one of those things, again, where, like, I feel like they, like, tried to do a little bit too much to where, like, you're, um, you're left to be kind of confused as to why it was in the movie at all. Because mm-hmm. if it had just... If his dad had just been like, okay, I just want to apologize for, like, how I was a bad, like, dad to you. And if he had just focused on that, I think that had, would have landed way better than him just trying to, like, be, like, in, in solidarity with this idea of, of, like, his son losing his wife. Because with him... Like, like, no, you don't feel like, I don't know. I'm sure he felt bad. 
but like it's it's easy to feel bad when like you know you're about to die like right. that's yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of the thing that i come back to a lot with like those kind of character arcs where like you know it's it's a bunch of old men in nursing homes trying to think back on like all of the mistakes they made and they feel bad for and like rarely ever is that kind of scene really handled well for me because because it's just like, well, yeah, it's really easy to feel bad when, like, you're old and about to die and that's all you really have to do anymore. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Weird weird comparison I did not think I would make going into this podcast. But if you compare <laughs> um, three years or three days, I'm sorry. Um, if you compare three days to um, um, Scorsese's The Irishman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're starting off Christmas Fest real good this year. <laughs> but if you compare these two pieces of, of high-class cinema to each other, uh, um, you know, The Irishman ends in, like, a very similar way where it's just, like, an old guy in a nursing home who's thinking back on all the bad shit he's done. And, um, and it kind of... This is... It's Mark because it's just like, yeah, man, you had every opportunity to fix things back then when you were actively screwing up. Like, I don't really feel this like empathy I'm supposed to feel for your um, character. So, like that whole dynamic for me just kind of fell flat. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like it's it's toxic to expect people to come to your deathbed after you've like abused them, so to speak. you know, after years of that, that's just, I don't know, it's toxic. I don't like it. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's very true. We all, this could potentially be taken as like um, a bad take um, um, for me, but like, I don't care. Like you, (laughs) like y'all, you, if you have like a really abusive parent in your life, like you don't, you aren't obligated to make up with them. Yes, that. Like, <laughs> you're not obligated to do no, that. Like, no. it's it's great if you can. It's really awesome, and it's really inspiring if you can. But like, you you aren't obligated to. At no. the end of the day. Absolutely not. I agree. That is a hot take, but I love it. I'm here for it. I agree with you. I support you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Jenny, aka Surprise Tim Meadows. <laughs> We're getting real deep on this podcast. <laughs> we are. I just compared this film to, to, to Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. <laughs> but, I mean, one more thing. Yeah, like, I don't know, actually. Let's just leave the dad. Let's just move on. Well, yeah. Let's just leave him. So, what did you like about this movie? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, we've already said Tim Meadows. Yeah. <laughs> Can't stress enough. Tim Meadows was the best part of the movie. Um, I liked, um, I liked the idea that, um, that, like, success isn't what you always like imagine it to be if that makes sense like no yeah i like andrew's whole thing and i don't think it's ever explicitly said but like the vibes you get from andrew especially after they go back to their hometown um which i forget what that place is called but um um you definitely get the vibes that like andrew left that place and went to, like, a big city with the intention of, like, showing them that, like, he isn't, like, like, he's above the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you definitely get the feeling that a part of why he is so focused on his career is because, like, that's that's the way he shows that, like, he's better than his dad and he's better than the people he went to school with and everybody in his hometown and things like that. And like this film in like a lot of ways, I don't think this was really like the main point of the story, 
like one of these secondary points is that like you know your the things you value in life and the way you kind of gauge how successful you are like should probably change as you grow older yeah stuff and how that was like a really big part of who andrew was at the beginning of the film is that like the way he determined how how successful he was and what he had gotten out of life was very much based on what he had imagined it to be when he was in high school um and like this whole weird ordeal in a lot of ways was um kind of helping him like reprioritize on the things he values and how he thinks of success and so i thought that was really cool I feel like that's an idea that isn't like addressed very often um, in storytelling. Is just yeah. how like how like your priorities should like evolve, like how you operationalize them and stuff uh, um, as you get older. And so I like that idea of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree with all that. Um, yeah, and it's you know they even I feel like they really kind of show like how much like you know, money and, like, success is kind of, like, his, like, is definitely, like, his top priority because, like, he's constantly trying to buy people, buy things. Like, he's just, like, let me just, you know, give me the, like, I know she kind of gets mad at him because she's, like, like, when they go into that little bread, uh, bed and breakfast, he's immediately just, like, just give me the best room. I don't care how much it costs. And, you know, she felt like he was, like, saying that to, um, be flashy and showy which I kind of disagree with her there but but you know that's like mm-hmm. I think they really tried to show that you know that was what he thought was most important was buying her stuff basically so yeah mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you that that was like a a big positive in the movie that you know to get away from that basically mm-hmm. um yeah what I liked about the movie I really liked um Beth's character, I thought she was cool. Um, hmm. I like Tim Meadows. I mean, you uh, gotta love Tim Meadows. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's it's always nice to see, you know, to be reminded not to take things for granted, even if it's in a weird ass way, like this movie was. But you know, it's a good it's a good little reminder. You know, even yeah. if I didn't care for it, we'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. For- um would you watch it again uh no (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty confident in saying i'll I'll probably never watch this again (laughs) but um but you know i'm glad i watched it once (laughs) Um, there's a point so there's a point in this film where um where they're hanging out, they just had like impromptu dinner with like their own friends from high school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I I can't um, I can't imagine anything I would want less to do uh, <laughs> than like randomly have dinner with like random ass people from high school who I haven't seen in twenty years. Right. <laughs> but um, but. Uh, they just had dinner with them, and Beth is in the kitchen talking to I could not name the other character if my life depended on it. <laughs> Same. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> I don't know. She's in there like talking to Shaft. I'm gonna call her Shaft. Um, she's, <laughs> which again, one of the things that would have improved this movie. Um, she's in there and she's talking to Shaft, and um, and she's just like, um, you know, I love, um, I love your house, I love your family and stuff. Everything looks so great for y'all here and stuff. And Shaft is just like, oh yeah, like, um, and and I can only imagine like how great things are like in Boston for you guys and stuff like that. And um, um, and Beth starts to cry, and like Shaft comes over and comforts her. Uh, <laughs> trying to paint a picture for everybody out there. <laughs> and and Beth has a line where she says, "I wonder sometimes if 
some people aren't supposed to be together forever. <laughs> and Shaft is there, and Shaft's trying to be supportive, and Shaft was just like, oh, no, sweet girl, like it's going to be okay. You guys are going to hang through. Um, um, you're just like, oh, Shaft. But, <laughs> like, the main takeaway from that for me was I was just kind of sitting there just like, oh, my God, Beth, you're so right. You're you're there. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Some people should not be together forever. Um, however, we are very quickly shown that that's not the that's not the the lesson we were supposed to take from this story. Apparently not. Which no. led me to ask, well, then why did you? But then why did you put it out there so obviously, <laughs> screenwriters? Because <laughs> it feels like that's what we should have taken from it. Um, and, like, that's just kind of what I took from the story, which, like, again, is not the takeaway you're supposed to have from this film. But, um, like, it just goes through, like, Andrew, Andrew in all but the act has been unfaithful to his wife. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, yeah, the act is like an important thing. Like, as we've already said, like, you're already there mm-hmm. if it's about to happen. Like, that's just how I see that. Um, he's like, un- he's like unfaithful to his wife. They don't really seem to be on, like, the same page on, like, anything important in a marriage, <laughs> like, whatsoever. Not at all. Um, um, like, she, there's a point where they're having dinner. It's after the girl who's now the harbinger of doom, um, <laughs> like, like, spoke her prophecy to Beth. Um and Beth is just like, I don't know. I kind of hope there are angels out there. Like, I know you probably don't believe in angels. And I'm just like, hey, have y'all not talked about, like, y'all's religious beliefs with each other? Oh, I was like, thinking that, too. How long have they known weird. each other? Like, <laughs> this is, this is kind of weird. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, I'm not the kind of person who believes that, like, that like you have to 100% agree with everything your spouse does in order for a marriage to work and be healthy. Sure. Um, however, you should probably at least like know what your spouse believes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 like it doesn't have to match up completely perfectly, but like you should probably have like a general vibe of like where the other person is on like the matters of eternity. Um, and so, and so like, it seems that like they aren't really like in sync on anything at all. And then what like hit me was that like, at one point, um, I was actually at the dinner scene. God, a lot happened in that scene. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) A whole lot of stuff happens in that one scene, um, where Beth is talking about like, you know, I want to have kids and like, it'd be good to have kids sometime. And, and Andrew, and Andrew, like, has the excuse at this point of just, like, well, you could be dead in two days. <laughs> but, like, you can tell that, like, um, they've had that conversation before, and he was, like, not into it. Mm. And it becomes a fight and stuff. And Beth is just, like, um, you know, you keep you keep waiting for, like, a perfect time to present itself to have kids. And, like, um, it won't always happen. And, like, and that's fair, However, if you are trying to make the decision of just like we're uh, we're going to bring life into this world and like shape and mold that into a human being in the future, like that is something that y'all should probably be like a hundred percent on um, on both <laughs> on both sides of the equation. And yeah. stuff. like it was one of the points in the film where I actually kind of got like. Kind of annoyed with Beth because it was, was kind of like, yeah, well, it sounds like you've had this conversation before, and if if a person does not want to have kids, then like they, you should care more about them like being honest and saying I don't think I'm ready for that yet than them just like agreeing with you. 
Um, and so, like, there was a huge kind of discrepancy there as well. And so by the end of the movie and stuff, um, you're just like, oh, they're together now. And, like, oh, they have um, they have a kid. And through his, like, weird spiritual trauma, Andrew was inspired to name this baby after <laughs> the angel who almost took his wife's life. Uh, yes, I was going to mention that. Because I was like, they really named the child Lionel? Like, what? Like, oh, boy, that's like, oh, there are some layers there. Um, <laughs> that that kid is going to definitely have to deal with one day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, boy. But, um, yeah, like, it was just one of those things where, like, throughout the film, I was just like, this isn't how the movie is going to go, but, like, this is one of those cases where I 100% endorse the idea that, like, hey, y'all two probably shouldn't be together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> same. Big same. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Man, so much to, I mean, and, you know, like, I going back to the kid being named Lionel, I'm just wondering, like, if the writers thought that Tim Meadows' character was, like, going to be, like, the, like, the lovable like angel like you know maybe they're trying to go for um clarence and it's a wonderful life mm. but like he wasn't giving that he wasn't giving clarence um he I, <laughs> I think you're exactly right i think the screenwriters were convinced that like oh <laughs> Arnold is the good guy in the story <laughs> right <laughs> when I don't think anybody who watches this movie agrees that Lionel is a good guy in the story. <laughs> no. There's not- nobody. And y'all, also, I can't believe I almost let this go uh, without talking about it. So at the end of the day, at the end of the film, we're kind of told that from Lionel's point of view, which, by the way, <laughs> Lionel is supposed to be like a messenger from God. Um, the takeaway we're supposed to have from him is, hey, if you really love someone, then you'll kill yourself for them. Yes. <laughs> like, what kind of so BS is that? Like, I don't... <laughs> which, like, which, like, I'm sure that that takeaway sounded way better in the writers' heads <laughs> than yeah. it did when put on screen. Because, like, because, like, sure, like, I love Alyssa with everything I am, and I like I would die for her in a second. Sure. Um, but that's probably not the thing that makes our that makes our marriage work. I like, mean, you know I what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have to kill myself for Alyssa to know that I love her. That's <laughs> it, you know. Like, <laughs> I can, I can, like ask her how her day was when she comes home from work or like <laughs> offer to cook sometime or, or like, or like scrub the snow off her car before she gets up. I could do all of those things instead. And like the takeaway that is just like, that is just like, Hey, you need to be willing to embrace self-conclusion to prove your love to somebody <laughs> is like the wildest thing. Like that is not a good takeaway for people. Yeah. Cause yeah, Lionel kept popping up and he'd be like, you just don't get it. Do you? And he's like, well, I got her. She's ice skating. And he's like, nah, it's just, you know, if you love her, you're going to figure it out. That's not it, <laughs> <laughs> That's not it buddy. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> I really wish at one point I I want to believe that there is a take, there is an unused take of one of those scenes where Tim Meadows is just like, kill yourself, Andrew. You need to be willing to kill yourself to prove your love. Oh my god. I'm sorry, everybody. Suicide is not a funny thing. It's very serious. Um, if you like, you ever feel that way, please get help. Um, yeah. but like the whole point is that like, just know that like the key to you being important to somebody should not like entirely rest on them, like valuing your life above theirs. 
Yes, that, yeah. Like, that should not be, like, a foundation of a relationship. I know it's very, like, I know it's, like, a very, like, glamorized, romantic idea to have about a relationship. But, like, that's, like, not what is going to make things work. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, when... (laughs) I just keep thinking about the random scenes with Tim Meadows, like uh, when Andrew comes back to life and he's just like watching from the door and he kind of smirks and he goes, Merry Christmas. As if like, he just like the most benevolent, you know, like (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) Manipulated the hell out of all of you guys. (laughs) It's crazy. Oh my gosh. It's so wild. After him. I don't (laughs) Man. And then, like, yeah, his his character is such a trip, man. Like, <laughs> there's a point towards the end where Andrew is just like, well, what happens if I just, like, don't let her go back to Boston? What if we just stay here? And Tim Meadows, like, doesn't outright say it, but he definitely implies that, like, the universe will end if Beth <laughs> does not die on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Yes, that's what he's like. Oh, it'll it'll rearrange the cosmic structure or something. Yeah. But but apparently it was fine if Andrew died in place, but then he just brought him back to life anyway. And then he so, comes back, so it's so okay. I wonder what the cosmics were like after that. You know, it's like it's so <laughs> wild. Like you spend the after that point, like I kind of lost track of the movie. <laughs> you said that because i was trying to figure things out i was just like is beth like secretly like an infinity stone like like, does the baby they have eventually become like futuristic hitler like what is going on why (laughs) why does the fabric of reality depend on the on the death or life of a 30 year old white woman in massachusetts (laughs) what what if at the end of this like tim meadows like takes off his mask and it's ebony ma and he's like what up (laughs) it's just like a weird precursor to end game that's all Good and like their baby comes out and it's just like baby Thanos. <laughs> it was like the leader has arrived. Yeah, I think we cracked the code, man. Oh man, oh boy. <laughs> oh, oh man, what else do I have here? Um, well, we haven't really. Well, I guess my my last question is, how does it compare to the other films? Um, but we haven't really watched any other films yet. Yeah. Uh, That's okay. I'll compare it to like, some of the stuff we watched. Like after. 12 Dates of Christmas or some shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've already compared it to The Irishman. Like, <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, it was fine. It kind of rides... It kind of rides like the lower half of the tier list of these that we've done, I'd say. Like, it's not like, it's not quite as bad (laughs) as like uh, the 12 Dates of Christmas. Oh, okay. So you put 12 Um, Dates above this one. Or or, or you put this one above 12 Dates, sorry. I think I put this one like slightly above 12 Dates of Christmas. Okay. okay. Yeah. Just because like, um, just because in 12 Dates of Christmas, they hit off way more than they could chew. <laughs> they did. With like, 12, with like 12 Groundhog Days. That's crazy. <laughs> like at least in this one, you're just like, oh, okay, three days. I can like, I can figure out in my head the things that could happen in three days. <laughs> right. Like in... In 12 Days of Christmas, like we talked about it last year, by like day five, I was flabbergasted. I was just like, what else is she supposed to do? (laughs) (laughs) What will sate the bloodlust of this Christmas chaos god? Like, what else else does he want? (laughs) At least with this one, it's just kind of like, okay, I can see how God is kind of bored for three days. Like, I guess, yeah. I guess that could happen. Um, <laughs> at least this one, like, knew what they were shooting for. 
yeah. I will say, um, because I do want to get this in uh, before we end. Uh, Jenny, I have a I have a fan theory. <laughs> oh my gosh. About the conflict of this movie. Okay. Okay. Play it on. Stop me. Stop me if you guys have thought of this before. Okay. Um, which I would kind of love if you have. Does it include um, Ebony Ma? <laughs> it does not include <laughs> Ebony Ma. Okay. Unfortunately. So this struck me when I watched the first part of of the film because I kind of watched this in like um, a couple parts. And when I watched the first kind of half of the movie, um, the scene where Beth dies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets taken out by that car. Oh, um, God, yeah. It's like, it's visceral. Mm-hmm. Like, that car was going so fast. Mm-hmm. And it was driving down that street for so long. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, I was watching it, and I was just like, there's no way that that driver did not see her. Well, okay, so yes. I was actually going to bring that up, too. I'm glad you said something. Because it seems like she was in the middle of the street for, like, a while. Yeah, she was in She was in the middle of the road with a car approaching her for, like, half of the dates from 12 Days of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was there forever. And, like, she gets taken out. There's no brakes on that car when she gets hit. Like, she just gets taken out. <laughs> right. And so, like, that was, like, astonishing to me. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> that, like, that felt almost intentional. Like, I felt like a hit on her or something. So I watched the rest of the film. And there's a line that cat, there's a line that really caught my attention, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a line where they first go to Andrew's old house in their hometown. And they're being shown around by that <laughs> couple i think the guy's name was like greg um and then there was shaft and shaft, yeah. shaft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're showing them around and shaft is like reminiscing with beth about high school and she says um i still remember when you ran over the toe of our driver's ed instructor <laughs> oh. this is merlosky and Beth, like, makes a joke about it. And it was just like, I thought it was a traffic cone. Yeah. And Shaft is just like, until it started screaming. And they laugh and they laugh like a couple <laughs> of psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> and so I start thinking. And I'm just like, what if the driver of the car that kills Beth was their old driver instructor, Mrs. Merlowski? <laughs> oh, my God. And she sees Beth in the road, and she's just like, run over my toe and laugh, will you? I'll take you out and that dog you have. And just floors it down the street. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> just, 100% correct. Just takes her out. And there's a part of Andrew that knows. Like... <laughs> Well, and probably Tim Meadows. And probably Tim Meadows, yeah. Yeah. Tim Meadows was just like, so that, yeah, that puts that whole, that puts the entire supernatural flavor of this film (laughs) in a new light. Because Tim Meadows is just like, look, Beth has to die (laughs) to that car crash. God and his army of angels cannot stop the path of vengeance that Mrs. Murawski is on. <laughs> okay? She is like the doom slayer. We cannot stop her. <laughs> She's been waiting for this moment for literal years. She moved to Boston for this reason. <laughs> She's been training. She's been... <laughs> She's been exercising her ankle for 30 years. Yes. No, I, I, I don't see another way that the plot would even go. Like, that has to be part of it. Like, Have I just changed that whole movie for you? You And actually, I kind of like it a little bit more now. I do, too. It yeah. makes way more sense. Because that scene, like, y'all, if you're just, like, listening to this without having watched the movie... <laughs> Or if you did watch the movie, hit pause on your phone right now. Go back and watch the scene where Beth gets taken out. Because that scene is one of the most visceral, 
car wrecks I have ever watched in a movie. Yeah. It's wild. It like shoots like the rating of this film like up to an R. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like she gets taken out and then it gets even more serious further into the movie because then you find out that Beth was pregnant and Miss Murlowski is just like, I'll stop her. I'll stop her progeny too. Like... <laughs> <laughs> there will not be another generation of reckless drivers in the, from her family tree. No. Like it's oh my god, it's wild. That scene is so crazy. Um and like yeah. The armies of heaven are powerless against the grudge of an of an O driving instructor. <laughs> wow. I I'm shook. Thank you for sharing this. You're, you are welcome. Um, also, I know you said earlier that Jacob watched this with you, or at least a part of it. Um, how did Jacob react to uh, one of the other side characters who we haven't talked about, um, Kimberly, um, who's like just the worst? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she just sucks. Yeah, um, not even worth talking about, really. But go yeah, on. Not really. <laughs> but um, when she and Andrew are having d- d- dinner after they talk to um, that <laughs> young author, and 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 Kimberly says this line where I had to like pause <laughs> and like and like rewind the movie a little bit because Kimberly <laughs> says a line that's just like, I mean, come on. What famous authors have like have like died withering away in the streets? And it's just like Kimberly, you're supposed to read books for a living. <laughs> and it troubles me that you don't know that that's a trait shared by most famous authors from before 1960. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if they could put on to that, but yeah, no. Like, every line she said was so unhinged to me. Like, yeah, my God. It's wild. That, li- that line blew me away. Because, like, like, cause just before that, the only other thing we know about Kimberly is that, like, she professes to have standards for her literature that she reads. Mm-hmm. Because when Andrew is just kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll sign this guy. He's going to be like the next big thing. And Kimberly is just like, oh, but like he, everything he writes is like so derivative and trash. Um, I mean, Andrew is just like, well, that's fine. It's going to sell. Like, okay. Like highlight, like it's, um, and so, like, we're led to believe that Kimberly, like, at least kind of knows what she's talking about when it comes to, like, books and literature and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's just, like, with that one line, you're just like, oh, she's unfamiliar with the concept of a starving artist. Yeah. Which has been around, like, since... The dawn of time. Art has. Yeah. <laughs> like, for as long as there's been art, there's been people who haven't been paid for it who should have been. <laughs> like, 100%. And it's crazy. That line just blew me away that, like, I immediately thought of you and Jacob yeah. from that line because it's just like, I, like, tell me you don't know anything about the history of literature. Wild. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Man. Uh, do you have any final thoughts for me, Al? Um, what a way to start Christmas Fest this year. <laughs> <laughs> this one was fun. No, it was I had a good time. Um again, this is not one um I'm gonna watch again, but that's okay. Um, just like some relationships, sometimes they're only good once. That's all right. Um, also, I also thought that you would enjoy this. So, uh, one of the last scenes did not go completely the way I thought it was going to, but after Andrew gets hit by the car, um, mm-hmm. and Beth's at the hospital and the doctor pulls her aside, I immediately thought of you because of that scene from the office where after Michael hits Angela with his car 
and he's giving them an update and he's just like, well, the doctors they did all they could. <laughs> and she is going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was this doctor in that scene. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and like in her defense, like by the end of that scene, she did think that Andrew was going to die. So it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But mm-hmm. like, I thought she was absolutely going to go the route of we've done everything we can. There isn't anything else we can try. And your husband's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, she didn't give. Yeah. I mean, that, and Beth didn't ask questions either. She was just nope. ready to accept. Like, she was like, well, all right. Like, <laughs> well, okay. His, his last act was like he literally threw me into trash when he could have just like jumped with me if he wanted to. That I was think that's weird. True. I was like, there are so many ways we could have avoided this, but okay. It's, it's almost like he pushed her out of the way <laughs> and he chose to stay and get hit by the car because he didn't want to have a kid. It was just like, Lionel, take me. She's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even about her anymore. I just don't want to be a dad. <laughs> well, but then it's like, okay, so is the teacher going to come back for Beth in another way? I mean, we got to think about that. It's true. I think that um, <laughs> if you rewatch the last scene when they're getting set up to take on um, the family picture, if you look really closely and slow down, um, slow down the camera footage, um, you can see the red dot of a sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Mrs. Miloski. <laughs> She only strikes at Christmas time. It's really weird. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, it's Christmas Fest is gonna be. It's it's going great, guys. We're we're, we're just getting started. Um, I think the next movie we want to do Noel. Absolutely, yeah. Let's really do it. excited about that. So uh, that'll be our next one. Um, and yeah. Um, until next time, Phantom is for everybody. Uh. Merry Christmas. Peace out. And a happy holidays. From yes, Tim and Davis. happy holidays. Yes. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. And all that jazz. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and, a, and a wonderful Tim Meadows to you all. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>